0: Oh, dear Lord, my brothers and sisters. (laughs) Dear Lord. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Robcast. And I'm here in the back house with my beloved friend and brother, Pete Holmes. Happy to be here. Pete (laughs) Holmes and I. Now, here's the premise of this podcast. Pete Holmes has a television show called Crashing on HBO. And Pete, for the past three summers, has left our Los Angeles life, yeah. and he and Sweet Lady Val it's
1: moved to New York. Wait, it's been three seasons, which is a year. Yes. Four, that's 12 months. That's eight, we've been in New York for a year making that e- show. Ex- <laughs> Did you just say that?
0: Try to stay with the math. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is Pete goes and Val moved to New York for four months yep. each year, yep. and now Pete and Val have just gotten back. It is the end of August beginning of September, they have just gotten back from another four-year stint, living in Brooklyn, shooting season three of Crashing, Four which months. will come out yep. uh, early next year, I assume.
1: February, probably. So
0: Pete and I are seeing each other for the first time. Yep. I guess maybe season one, we visited you in New York when you were filming. Yeah. Otherwise... And I'm terrible. I hate talking on the phone.
1: Right. I hate, I'm 10 years older than Valerie, so I, I don't obviously I'm not trying to teach anything to her. That's who likes that. But I do notice that one of the things that happens as you get older, especially as I have someone who's younger than me uh, not doing this as much, is I I figure out things like, oh, I hate talking on the phone, and then just being very clear about that. (laughs) I hate using the phrase when I was her age, but when I was her age, I was very bad about being like, sure, we can talk on the phone. Let's talk every Tuesday. (laughs) And now the reason I'm bringing this up is now that I'm 39, I hate talking on the phone. I just tell you, I tell my other friends, I'm just, I don't talk on the phone. I'd rather die than FaceTime somebody. I would, I'm being real. I'd yes, rather... People exactly. say, "Would well, you want to FaceTime? I, I, unless it's Valerie. I'll do it with right. Valerie. But I'll go, I'd rather die. That's my response. <laughs> would you like to FaceTime? I'd rather die. I don't want to be in an echoey video conversation. Can you hear
0: me? Can you hear me? Oh, you just lost you. It's I
1: just, you just went out. It's a waste <laughs> Let me move over here. How's this? Can you hear me now? I'd honestly rather conjure you up in my heart and just remember what it feels like to know you (laughs) and just have that one-sided interaction. And that's what I would do. I would think about you all the time. You, Rob. But I wouldn't call you every once in a while, like texting about...
0: Some text, but we had like, a few phone conversations, a few text conversations. That's, tr- that's a real few love emails. because, like,
1: I, I missed you so much that I would call you and put aside my hate of talking on the phone because we needed to talk. Like, I there were things we the needed medium. to talk
0: your about. Your love for me caused you to overcome that's right. Your despising, I just said, Well,
1: I'll call Valerie. You know what I mean? Like, there's a yes. certain level of love, yes. The heart grows big enough that pushes that need out of the way. So, all of this, need <laughs> to, to, to not talk on the phone,
0: my Robcast friends. Pete just came over to the house, having just returned, and this is our first conversation. I thought, you know what? When we're first back together, yeah. having intermittent com- communication, we should record it. And that, and there's actually some specific, specific things we're going to talk about, because there's some observations I have about... That are on theme. ...watching, on, very on theme. With your show. Re- related to the pe- few episodes recently I've done on Manuha on the thing that happens every six months, on how creation is not complete unless it's enjoyed, on how you walk away from it, you drop it, you leave it only to return to it with renewed fire, passion, creativity, energy. And so we're gonna go through some very specific things that I've observed in Pete. But before we do that, let's talk about what's in Nukkah. Because I wrote this play and we're about mid-September to have the first workshop readings of the play. 15, 16, 17. Of September. You can get tickets at my site. We're going to show you pictures of stage design. We're going to show you pictures of artist renderings of what the costumes will be no like. No way, really? Then a full cast is going to read through, standing on stage, the play. Then the director, Kristen Hanging and I, we're going to tell you a bit more about the world of the play. We're going to talk about how a play gets developed. Same we're... guys that I did the first one with? No, a uh, new ca- New uh, cast. A new cast. And Wow. Anyway, one of the main characters is Pete Holmes. So, this is the telling everybody they can get tickets and they can come spend an evening with you and I. It's like a hundred person theater.
1: So, it's we're going to do be this awesome. three night run. I have to say that I, having read the play several times now and once out loud with some fine folks, um, it filled a gap in Valenize vocabulary. So you've done this really? really? Oh yeah, absolutely. We, you know, you're spotting nuckas. You're looking for nuckas. Like, it's a fun way to say. I don't want to spoil it, and I, so I'm not going to. But it's a fun way to report a certain type of experience by saying like, "How was oh, your ride to Big Sur? I, I saw nuckas the whole way up. Oh, you my know what I word. mean? Like, it's a fun. It's a fun. So people have to come find out what is a nucka, but also leave with a new tool, <laughs> a new, <laughs> a new way to say come to Rob's hard new to play, say. Thing. Leave with a tool. Yeah, you leave with a like a something under your so, seat. So, um.
0: That's the the workshop reading debut of my play. You can get all the tickets at Rob Bell. But instead of meeting with Pete and I and a number of other and fine and we'll be folks. there.
1: And it, it's and great. He, and you'll be there. I don't know why I want to say it's not super long. Sometimes when people hear play, they think like, oh, it's like a three hour. It's like tight. It's good. Hopefully, it's very tight. It's tight. Oh, you're going to edit it even more? No, I'm just saying I
0: know exactly what you mean. It people is are like, tight. What am I getting into? And hopefully, you're like
1: John Mulaney has a great bit about going to a small play. And he's like, you're just being held hostage by someone <laughs> pretending to have an argument with their family. And it's like, it's, it's one of the world's worst nightmares. This is not that sort of You play. will not be held hostage. There's no interaction with the audience. There's no like weird... Open mic. <laughs> no, there's nothing. You won't be embarrassed. You won't be uncomfortable. You'll be entertained and it'll be fun.
0: I love it. So you can get those tickets at rabel.com. But now, let's talk. Manuha. So I, I think for many people, just even the mechanics of making a TV show are interesting. Hmm. You're writing the show, you're in a writer's room, you're creating it, then you leave, you go to New York, you film it for this extended chunk of time, three or yeah. four months, then you come back to LA and then you edit it, then mm. it premieres while you're writing the next season. So it's sort of the Yeah, that's right. The rhythm liturgy of the making of a television show. Yeah. Let's go back to last season when you filmed season two. And why don't you sort of where were you at? What was it like? Um, you know what I mean?
1: And then we'll yeah. work our way well, towards this I, season. I swear I'm not saying this to make it about the theme. Because this is, I, I was saying off mic that this is a really Rob and Pete story. Yes. And it really is. And this is kind of the, the introduction of the tension. Yes. Is that the first mistake, I'm going to call it a mistake, but, you know, these are beautiful mistakes. They're mitzvahs. Right. They're beautiful <laughs> mistakes. They're learning. They're teachable yeah, right. moments. Right. I made a mistake and the mistake was in between season one and two, you sort of think like, you know, here you are. It's this wonderful privilege to be able to make a show. Um, and you're doing what you've always wanted to do. Uh, I have to imagine that professional athletes might run into similar problems. Like, I'm playing in the NBA. And you just kind of, like, <laughs> go full force and whatever it might be. Uh, I was going to say party and play and party and play and just live the lifestyle to the max. It wasn't really That wasn't really my problem. Was after season one, I didn't rest. I'm try- I'm not trying to force it. I didn't <laughs> rest in between one and two. You have a couple months off. That's where I am right now. They're not really off because um, yeah. you're editing and you're kind of thinking about the next season. But there's this time when you could, you know, in theory, take a little vacation or not think or not work or whatever. And I didn't really do that. In fact, that problem bled into the second season as a whole is because on the weekends i was very proud that my podcast had never missed a week yeah so i would work you know i know a lot of people work long hours there's something i can't speak to them but for me particularly draining about mining yourself you and you and thinking about you and thinking about your family and thinking about like literally having conversations with judd or the writer's room being like well what how is pete selfish and i'd have to like brainstorm with people about moments in my life that I was selfish like but your you have, job yeah. is to think up ways that you've been selfish yeah. how are you bad in a relationship yeah. like how are you full of shit and I, and would and would spend with a room an hour and people maybe some of my friends are in the room they're like well there was that time you and you're putting it on a whiteboard there's a
0: room full of people who get a paycheck and health benefits yeah. and maybe a per diem yeah, well. in order to sit around talking about ways that Pete is full of shit
1: and make exactly. lists and discuss it. And you'd think that would feel good, and, and I'd be, you know, d- not, <laughs> not giving the full story if there isn't part of it, that as an artist, it feels nice to mine yourself and know yeah. yourself. But at a certain point, you're going to hit some nerves, and it's exhausting. Yes, Even if you're not hitting nerves, it's exhausting. At the end of the yeah. day, I remember in the second season, oh, I'm glad we're talking about this. I haven't thought about it. This, this really sums it up, and I feel a little bit like a jerk saying this. I would act all day when we were shooting. I'm jumping a little ahead. And then I'd go out to dinner, and I never really articulated this, but I felt put upon that what you do as an actor is listen, respond, and emote, right? And then you'd go out for social time, and you're like, these motherfuckers are asking me to listen, respond, and emote. Someone would tell me a story, and they'd look at me like, huh? And I'm like, you want me to go, (laughs) that'll be $50. That's what I do for my... Like, I wouldn't say that. But I was so tired. You see how the the perspective was just wrong. I thought that you were taking my gold. I have a limited amount of love, basically, and, and, and energy to give, so I can't do it at dinner. So it started to feel kind of lonely in this... Self-made fear bubble That I made It's not true Turns out that's not true But like I didn't know how to take care of myself So it goes back to that problem As I was recording podcasts on the weekend Which I would just make an observation Yeah
0: Your podcast requires you to be on is as
1: much a performance But that's something you told me Yeah You said (laughs) that it's a performance And you pointed out Yes That there's there's a level of active listening going on that is draining. And I responded, which is what I've always seen, especially men, not always just men, but you, a lot of the men in my family would be like, like, I remember I did Adam Carolla's podcast one time. And I was like, geez, Adam, you have like seven podcasts. And Adam is such a man's man. And he's like, it's not real work. Real work is, you know, digging a ditch or ch- changing an oil or whatever it is. He's like, I just talk. And I'm like, I sort of had that attitude. I was like, I'm just talking. I, you just have to get together with modest Yahoo and talk. I can do that. But you, this is the first kind of injection of Rob, you're sort of like, that. that's actually taking more out of you than you think. Spir- Absolutely. Like spiritually. It's, it's, it's a difficult thing. Absolutely. You're offering your awareness. I actually think, if I may, pause it. The reason why people like my podcast sometimes, when it's at its best, is because it's two people offering awareness to each other. They're really letting the other into them, it's like a venn diagram like they're blurring yes and it's not just the conversation it's a type of listening and blending that you don't often hear outside of like a great spontaneous date at a french restaurant where you got caught in the rain and you just ducked in and the power went out absolutely and they had to bring out candles and <laughs> they were like the freezer's not working so they brought us ice cream and we had to eat it you know and like at any point like you that. are not present it's over. It's
0: over. You have you have to stay physically, emotionally, spiritually, intellectually present,
1: open and present. Yes. Literally <laughs> hours on end. And that that actually it's funny that that's the problem in season 2 and you'll see how that actually sort of becomes the solution in season mm. 3. But you uh season 2, I first mistake I made was during the time in between seasons, I didn't rest because I was like now is the time to Focus on stand up, or focus on the podcast. Let's bank some podcasts. Let's this, that, and that. I don't even remember what I was doing, but I sure wasn't doing nothing. Because when I'm doing nothing, <laughs> a certain cleansing and good feeling yeah, happens, right, right, and I right. wasn't doing that. Right. So here's the nightmare that that I don't even like sharing because people don't like knowing that when your dreams are coming true, there's nightmares also happening. Is the first day of shooting season two? I was sitting in a bar. That's where the scene was. And there are all these cameras around. And I just didn't have the energy to do what I normally like to do, which is what you would do. Give a little speech. Here we are, season two. Mark the moment. Mark the moment. Yeah. Get to know, start getting to meet new people. Mm-hmm. I just didn't have the energy. I was like, I can't. I, I know it's a whole new crew and a whole new season, but I'm already tired and we haven't even started. Did you? You had that conscious thought. I'm at the front yeah. end of a... Because you're at like 12 hour days, 14 hour days? Yeah, 12 to 14 hour days
0: of, of constant. Um, you're executive shooting. producer, writer, and
1: star. And then when, well, so you're, moving, when you're even acting, that, you're like, moving among three levels of. For sure. You're thinking of how am I going to edit this? You're wondering if you're getting what, what we wrote, and all these wonderful problems to have. But it, the actual thought I remember was like, I was sitting there and I was looking at the cameras. And they felt like if you just put a hand, if I put my hand half an inch from your face and invasive. just held it there, it felt invasive. Yeah. That that you know that you could even close your eyes and you'd still sense my hand. You know what I mean? That's what it felt like. And that's a terrible thing. I want to jump to the third season, how the cameras felt in the third season, but it was it was a deliberate choice to change how I saw the cameras. I, should I? It doesn't matter. No, we'll stay let's stay here let's in season go in two order. And
0: yeah. then we'll go to let's go chronologically. All right. So right away at the beginning of filming season two, in some ways also you're experiencing my dreams came true and now
1: the luster of season one is gone. That's it. Now it's you, just I was, making a show. I was leaning on the novelty. I was going like season one went fast. It was fun. Everything's a first. Everything was a first. They, when they When I had a stunt double... I was like, oh, look at his wig. I remember when you texted me a picture yes, of your stunt double leg. Like, Check this out. It was exciting. <laughs> I was tired, and I, I didn't really know how to manage my energy. Yeah. But the novelty kept me afloat. It's sort of like a relationship. You know, like, it, it, I wasn't working on it in any way just because, like, it was still very new to see that person naked. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. it's just like, it's
0: new. So... And new fuel can only get you so far down the
1: road. That's what it was. So yeah. season two, right. it was a real heartbreaker. It was I didn't recognize myself. In fact, the whole season I didn't recognize myself. And this is when we started talking, was I was like, I'm not... I just complimented somebody's stand-up special, and they sort of made a joke about how I love everything. So it sort of doesn't mean as much. And I was like, that's funny and kind of sweet. And so even other people put that on me. And here I was in my dream, season two, big deal. Season one could seem just like an experiment. Season two, you're kind of like, oh, we're kind of a thing. Like we we have a chance to become a show that people watch and a relationship with. And um, it was a real unexpected twist that I felt heavy and slow. And I I, I repressed most of these feelings. I say that, unfortunately, I say that proudly because I still think like, negative emotions are sort of ugly. Mm. I, I wish I had more peace with them, but I, I kept them in. And that kind of adds to the nightmare, too, is that nobody knows that you're in pain, is that you're kind of having this... I wasn't always in pain, by the way. There were nice moments. But for the most part, I felt like I was wearing that lead jacket they give you at the dentist when they take x-rays. Yeah, right, right. You
0: just feel sort of heavy. And the heaviness is... The heaviness is sad, the heaviness is upset. The heaviness, oh, angry. The heaviness.
1: Well, I, I have a lot of thoughts on this because it's really beautiful. I'm what not, is the heaviness? Would you the heaviness? You I know what it. the heaviness is. What? I know what the heaviness is. I'm going to tell you what the heaviness is. But I want you and me to savor the moment before. We knew what the heaviness was because <laughs> it's so good. But at the time you're wearing the
0: lead thing, the x-ray vest from the dentist's office, you, do you know immediately what the sadness is? No. The heaviness is? Or are you just like, this is heavy and I don't like it?
1: I don't have any idea what's going on. The only the only person in a relationship that wasn't affected by this, other than ours on the phone or whatever, because I would call you and tell you. I probably already told you. I feel like I'm wearing the dentist mm-hmm, jacket. Sure. And I, I expressed my confusion. I don't know what's going on i um, won, I won. And it feels like I'm losing. But it was even it was the season of I've won. Even more than, than, than maybe you know is that like on the weekends when I wasn't doing podcasts and stuff, some of the producers very generously and graciously would invite me to the New York Harbor and Val and I, again, would get on like a boat, like a private like it's not a yacht, but like a boat would bring booze and there'd be food. And there was literally one, and there were amazing parts of this, but there were also sort of not helpful parts of this. Where I was on a boat and I'm drunk uh, or getting drunk and we'd meet another boat on the the harbor or right by the Statue of Liberty. So close to the Statue of Liberty, it looked like I could touch the Statue of Liberty. And we're jumping in the water because it's so clean, it's salty. I didn't know this. I didn't know you could swim in the shadow of the Statue of Liberty. And it's nighttime and we're jumping in. It's, it's unbelievable. And, it's, and there were literally the other boat we joined. This is like an ep- episode of Entourage. Was filled with bikini babes. And the bikini babes boarded us like sexy pirates. They boarded us. And some of them are topless. I'm not saying this to be like ooh la la. It's just what was happening. Not everybody had a bathing suit. So some people are swimming in their underwear. These are, it's Entourage. It's young girls, you know, obviously in their late 20s, but, you know, young women, jumping off the roof of this boat. I'm jumping off the boat. Val's in the boat. Val, we're having a great time, and we're just sort of looking around going like, shit, wow. So those were my weekends. But even then... And I swear to God, I used to hear stories like this in church. Somebody would come in and give their testimony. And oh, the, right, right, right. And I about, used to
0: drive a Ferrari, exactly. and I had the money, and the ladies. And, and I was in the
1: back like, fuck you. <laughs> like, you're telling me I already have what you found after all that?
0: And every 16-year-old boy is hearing this going, "Yeah." I'd and you're th- telling me you, you're
1: an idiot. You're an idiot? You <laughs> left that? I'd like... <laughs> Or let me figure it out for myself. <laughs> yes. Like you're saying it that sounds, was so, sounds like you did it wrong. It
0: sounds <laughs> like figuring it out is quite
1: enjoyable. <laughs> yes. And you know what? I'm here to say it was. That's what I'm saying. It's, more, it's so much more subtle than like, and I was miserable. That's the church version. I get up at the pulpit and I go, and I was on the yacht and I was miserable. I wasn't miserable. I, I was like, Val and I are taking pictures and going like, this is the best thing ever. Underneath it. Yeah. Like six levels down, right? there's a hungry ghost in there just kind of going like, what are you doing? It's like tapping its watch going, seriously? That's are, what are it's we doing. St- are we still... It's um, so much yeah. more like a watch tap than it is. Yeah. I'm going to make you depressed in the happiest place with the bikini babes. It's not that. It's so subtle. So there were also just more meals. There were just like literal food was happening. A lot of like this is embarrassing to me. they just like restaurants that like producers are making hard to get reservations. You know what I'm saying? Yes. This isn't because I'm famous. Cause I'm not, the, I'm not that kind of noticeable person. I'm just saying like the show would pull strings and producers right. would pull strings and would be eating at like some fancy New York restaurant and, and food is just coming, food that we didn't order, and then f- desserts are coming while you're still eating, and you eat the dessert, then you go back to your entree. Just like, and maybe there's a great way to do that, but I wasn't doing it the great way.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You know right. what I mean? Right.
1: If, if that was me and you and Kitty and Val and Vanderveen and Glenn and I, you know, Iris and Sarah, we'd have a great time. We've had fancy meals. I'm not admonishing fancy meals. It's not the form, it's the spirit that animates the form. That's it!
0: It's not the meal, it's the presence and spirit sustaining the meal. That's right. It's not the external expression, it's the inward manifestation and what it's doing to you. Yeah, right, right.
1: It was a buying into the idea that I was other. You know, that I was Uh, special star, that I belong in special restaurant. I belong in special meal, I belong yeah. on boat. It's when you discover
0: that the VIP section of the club is a smaller room yeah. with the same furniture and the same drinks. That's it. There's just less people in it. But it's a shift in your, yeah, in right, your consciousness. Right, right, right.
1: Instead of finding the bliss of, of oneness, mm-hmm. you go, well, I'm in... You you start to catch yourself. I never did stuff like this. You start, you know, when you're in that type of world, itching to tell people how much your shoes cost. <laughs> You know what I mean? Sure. Like you just want to sure. be like, you know, these are custom. Like you hear, you know, these are custom a lot more than you'd ever hear. Because I, I, I've never done it on stage, but there's a joke that magicians and rich people are the same. Magicians will do something amazing and then they have to explain. Like, and and you picked whatever card you wanted because, like, it should just be objectively amazing. Like you should just be amazed, but they have to walk you through it. You'd yes. be like, and remember, I was blindfolded when you took it out of the deck? Right. And, and then you're kind of catching up to the amazing. You may be wondering where I got this pair of shoes. That's it. You go, like, <laughs> you, you know, that it. wine was the wine that Shakespeare was drinking when he died. <laughs> and that's why it's $11,000 a bottle. And you're like, really? It should and then, just taste great. It should just taste great. <laughs> and but I'd they, say, where'd you get this wine? They have to, like, trot it out. And that's yeah. what I was doing. I was like, this restaurant is uh, really hard to get in. It's like, as I'm telling this story, I'm so f- I am so really feel so far removed. I've experienced so much enlightening grace since then, right, right, since right. then that I actually kind of feel sick telling you this so story.
0: So tell me more about a day on the shoot, two and a half months into the shoot. How is this all affecting
1: the work itself? Well, the thing I started to say was no one noticed, and that made it a little bit lonelier. I, something I say all the time is on my own podcast is like, the thing that made zombie movies terrifying was that no one believed the person. Yeah. They'd come in the house and go, "There's zombies, and everyone would be like, get real. <laughs> and that was the scariest part for me was like, why aren't they believing their daughter? Like their daughter yeah. is scared, and they don't believe her, and they're all going to die, and they do. So the worst part was sort of that like, for the sake of the show, I'm glad that you can watch it. I can watch it, and I, I, I'm pretty in tune. I was using all of my energy... To perform on the show, and then in between cuts, I, I wasn't moping, but I wasn't effervescent either, and no, and therefore no one noticed. You sort of noticed. Most people are sort of in their own world; they're doing their own thing. They're not thinking about you as much as you think they are. Right.
0: So right, right.
1: you kind, i just sort of coasted by. I remember specifically. Saying to Jamie Lee, who's a, a good friend of mine for over uh, 10 years, I'd just be like, I'm really depressed. And she'd be like, Really? Like, of course, she was sad for me. The day we were shooting in the subway, we were shooting the scene where we like ran off the train. Yeah, yeah. It's a really great And there's all this laughing. Like, I had to like. It's very, like, talk about the universe really holding up a mirror to me. Like, I had to keep pretending to be super happy. Or I had to pretend to... actually acting in those scenes where you're acting. Exactly. I'm acting. That's what it is. (laughs) Yeah. Usually, like, you might find a spot riffing, improvising. And and doing the show, like, I was really trying. I wasn't just going down the river of season two. I was, like, finding it in myself. And, and, and like we're saying, all the, all the accoutrements of success were all around me. If you watch season two right now... I was also drinking and smoking a lot of weed. I'd like to... Not a lot, but I think that has something to do with it. That's also part of the story. Okay, let's get to that
0: in a second. Let's go back up. When you watch season two right now... Yeah. Does that put you back there? A little bit. Are you remembering... Oh, I remember what that felt like. Sometimes. Do you remember like what it was like that time of those weeks or those scenes... What you felt like when you were in the makeup chair, or when you were just waiting for the yeah. setup for the next shot? Do you remember, like,
1: ooh, that was low? I remember, It's funny that you mentioned makeup because that is the first thing people touching you when you're low is harder than it is when. Th- I remember you telling me this. the little happy. details
0: of makeup and hair and wardrobe was like people close by, yeah, just being like claustrophobic. It's
1: it's just a total shift in perception. Instead of going like, look, we're all in this together, and these people's wonderful job is to make me look okay. Like they literally, they're in the service industry. Yes. They don't want me to look like tired. So they get under my eyes or whatever. And I, I love Kristen and Brenna and Michael and Roma. And those are my people. Shout out to Pete's people. There's my people. They were wonderful. So it was not them, but I would catch myself not wanting to be touched. Cause you mm-hmm. don't, you're just not loving yourself as much. Yeah. So you don't want makeup. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, just leave me alone. <laughs> like I would never say that, but you just feel yeah. that sort of way. Um, and and I, I was telling you off, Mike, that the, again, I've never been like a sexy alcoholic or anything, meaning there's never, or maybe sexy is the wrong word, like a bombastic alcoholic. Uh, and I don't think I'm an alcoholic. But like I stopped drinking about a year ago and second season I was drinking and there was always the thought of I'm going to get home and there's going to be my sake. I like sake. There'd be sake in my fridge and I, and I would be sort of, looking forward to the release that that offered me. When Seth Rogen did my podcast, uh, this is no judgment to him, he talked about smoking weed while he was shooting movies. And he was like, yeah, I find that people that don't smoke weed while they're working can't wait to go home. (laughs) And that's kind of a funny way to put it. I obviously wouldn't, I don't think you should, I would never smoke weed or drink while I was working, but I had that Urge to get out of there because there was something else somewhere else. A little else,
0: release, a little reward that a little I needed to numb, get to A it. little escape, whatever it is. Like
1: if I just get through this. Ah. But you'll see in season three, the remedy to that was so was so simple. But even having a carrot on the stick, somewhere else, sometime else, was unhealthy for me. Instead of, I'll tease it a little bit. Instead of just doing the show, instead of enjoying the show right. and going, this is the sake. These are the moments. This is the time. This is what we're doing.
0: We are on top of the mountain. It's just
1: a chemical bond that my brain made with later. It associated the calming, whatever it is, effect of alcohol with later. So I'm here, and I'm not there, and this is in my way. Even if it's only 5% of my consciousness feels that way, that sort of starts to snowball a little bit, and you're like, I have somewhere else to be even if it's just on the couch watching the prophet having some wine that's like right they're they're needed there was a necessary surrender there you know don't go even if it's not booze if i get home i get that cake it's like that cake is fucking up your right now right. it's me- Whatever it's it robbing is you right now
0: physically emotionally spiritually that is Whispers to
1: you later. Later, and so I'm here, but I'm not here. I'm there. The why Seinfeld has a great bit where he goes, "It's not, it's not." When I read this, it's in sign language. The book. When I read this, I was in high school, and it just, I went, "Oh, I can be a comedian," because he had a thought that I had. He goes, "It's not the movie; it's going to the movies." So it's this idea of how we we send our expectation into the future. No one has fun at prom. Exactly. (laughs) It's the build up. Or yeah. if,
0: and that's true. Maybe some people do. Sorry. But. No, no, no.
1: I, I'm with you. <laughs> There's a way, though, that you learn later, if you're lucky, to have fun anywhere. Yes. And to and to yeah. realize all these cliches. Meaning, okay, you keep saying I'll be happy when I go home and have that wine. Can you be happy now? This is all there is. Just just dissolve into this. That's season three. I can't wait to get to it. Tell. I. I. I let me know if I'm yammering too much because I want to tell you what happened okay, when so, I figured out what it was. Before. So let's
0: do this while you're still there for season two or you get i remember you get it back from season two and we start talking about what this that is
1: still was. season two and okay. then we're going to get to shabbat yep. <laughs> <laughs> because so, that's amazing me so say that this is part. very quick though yeah. i love ramdas uh and yes. listen to a lot of ramdas yes and while i was shooting season two my spiritual practice was completely out the window mm-hmm. there was no quiet there was no rest And there was no study. There was no contemplation. These are the things that I like to do. And I really mean that. I like to do them. (laughs) They're good things to do. Um, But in the sort of one of the lower points of season two, Val was out of town or something. I was living right in uh, Brooklyn, right by the East River. And I walked Brody down to the river. And it's the dog. The dog. This unbelievable view. Of Manhattan. And again, I'm just like, I'm in jello. I'm just like in a gelatin of air and I, no one sees me. And, um, you know, just grasping at straws, wondering how I'm going to get through it. Mixing up liquor stores so people don't notice how much sake I'm drinking. You know what I mean? Because yeah, there's yeah. like two, so I'm like, I'll go to this one, and then and they recognize me. You know when I come in, it's not always, but sometimes. And then you're like, well, I, you know, now I'm gonna have to get three, three or four different ones. I'll walk out of my way ten minutes to make because this person knows me. Whatever. So just like a lonely bullshit entourage <laughs> weekend, burning it at both ends. Podcasts on the weekend, show all day, no rest. Nightmare of a person. Who still had moments of joy and, and bliss and all that stuff, but for the most part, pretty low. And uh, a voice in my head, my, my voice, it's not a supernatural story, goes like, I seem to remember you like listening to Ramdas. And I was like, get out of here. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want to do that. Long story short, I do. I open my phone. I have all these Ramdas lectures. I highly recommend them. If you like Rob, in fact, off mic, you just told me something about working on yourself and then you can help somebody, straight Ramdas. Absolutely. I'm just saying, like, truth is... One of the funnest things in my life is that the truth tree is picked by all. But it's growing on the truth tree. You know Let's what I'm pa- saying? Let's pause this
0: podcast right now. Feel free to pause this podcast. <laughs> go to a bookstore. Get Grist for the Mill
1: Unbelievable. by Ram
0: Dass. Maybe a good place to start as a book. Or yeah. an audio on iTunes or something. It's called
1: Experiments in Truth is the Experiments one. Experiments
0: in Truth. And that now, okay, now you've done that, now we'll continue yes. with
1: this episode. It's wonderful. I've gifted Experiments in Truth to at least 30 people. Yeah. It's like a constant gifting. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if anyone opens it because they never bring it up again. <laughs> sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. Um, but I open up Experiments in Truth and I hit play. And that's about, it's a. It's it's about a seven, eight hour... Lectures. It's like seven, eight tracks of hours each. And the moment that I'm on is, the, and I've told the story on my podcast, I'll be brief. Ramdas is basically talking about when he was at Harvard. He had made it, he was at Harvard. It was all about power. He had his own plane. He smoked cigars. He went to orgies. He was uh, drinking a lot. He was eating a lot. Everyone at every party wanted to talk to him because he was a Harvard professor. His parents were proud of him. He had everything, and he says underneath it all there was a malaise. And when he said the word, I just got the chills. When I, when he said malaise, I you know I'm feeling emotional just talking about mm-hmm. it. I was like, that's the word. Mm-hmm. I'm not depressed. Depression. I've seen people who are depressed. That's a different thing. That you know they're not able to like go out and. I don't know. I had a malaise. There was a coating of dust on everything I was doing. It was a malaise and it was heavy. And he said, even though I played that game, life, for all the points I knew how to collect, there remained in me a malaise, like an itchiness that there was something more behind, through, within, whispering, I'm paraphrasing, behind all of this shit that we're collecting and hoarding and rubbing on ourselves, hoping it makes us giggle and orgasm and, and full. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I know you do. Mm-hmm. And he goes, the punchline to this thing, and I'm, I'm listening to this, it's blowing my mind, and he goes, I realized later that that malaise was grace. That grace, the malaise was there to say there's something more. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the truth tree? And I'm... I'm, I can't tell the story enough because I'm reliving it as we're talking. It's just like, it's grace. It's not, it's like Pete Rollins says, you're an alcoholic. That's, that's, that's the answer. Like you have a problem. You're, you're, you're covering something up. It's telling you the truth. It's telling you the truth. It's here
0: to save you.
1: Right. Yeah. You stop doing it and then you start doing something else. It's like start working with what it is that you're covering up with the alcohol. Yeah. And with me, I was like, what am I missing? And the truth was I was missing my connection to the reality of of what is Mm -hmm. and to the mystery. And I had lost it. And what sucks is I had it. And then I took it for granted and then it slipped away and now I'm on a boat and I'm drunk and I'm wondering where I lost it. Remembering and forgetting, remembering and forgetting, that's the game. It's the sine wave of, of our lives. I forget this, but it's true, and I had forgotten, and I thought I was done forgetting, but there I was, I had forgotten, and I go home, and I write the whole quote out. It's quite long, actually. You sent it to me. I sent it to you, yeah. and I put I it on my fridge, I and it's that. still on my fridge, and I still think about it. So that's season two. Now I get home, and we can get into the, into the Sabbath, but I started realizing there's a yearning for a fundamental, essential connection to the hum and the pulse Of the universe and I can't just be going to different hard rock cafes and getting the (laughs) t-shirts and when I die I can't just be looking back on them yeah cuz I'm already dead yeah it's fucking stupid it's we're writing the story (laughs) on running water what do you think you're gonna hold on to none of it so what are you doing here if not using every moment to uncover and learn and explore and connect to an experience (laughs) the reality of the divine. If that's not what you're doing, right? we're just termites. <laughs>
0: yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's, a, there's a word that comes to mind, um, all those places where Jesus talks about abiding. And to me, abiding was always like a grandmother word. Like, mm. ew, who says abiding? You're like, oh, that's what a word like that is about. Staying, remaining in, mm. remembering, yeah. dwelling in a particular place. And not wandering from that place. Yep. And when it's you so uh, easy to
1: wander. It's apparently, so
0: easy to wander away, and then you got to come home. Yeah. Uh, and home is sometimes geographic, but it's it's a place way beyond simply physical space and geography. That's right. So you get home, and I remember you and I talking about. Then what happens? You get home. Well, from we needed two. a
1: plan. Now you and I talk. And oh, that's right. We started making a plan for this for year. season three. Yeah. And this is. This is when it starts. When people are saying things like, "When you set an intention or a plan," yeah, it doesn't even have to be metaphysical or or supernatural. It starts mixing the cement exactly that I'm going to use to build the bridge that's going to take me over this chasm that I fell in. Yeah, right. It's very practical, Mm -hmm. and I felt it as soon as I was like, "Season three is the not fucking around season," and you, you said to me, "You're like." Um, you need to not do your podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had that talk. Just like straight up. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that makes sense to me. Because we had lost it. We went to Vegas and we lost. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like (laughs) like I came back smelling like cigarettes and all my chips were gone and I had already been married and divorced while I was there. You know what I mean? It's like, it it was an ass kicking. It was a glorious... (laughs) <laughs> Div- divine ass kicking and it made me regroup it got my attention isn't that what Richard Royce says right? yeah yeah. Uh, I think it might be it might be Joseph Campbell it's talking about how pain gets our attention yeah and it got my attention and suddenly it wasn't a game anymore so one you're like practice Shabbat Sabbath yeah Saturday or Sunday do nothing and we did it we sometimes did it Saturday and Sunday beautiful and you know what yeah <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> go ahead I, I obviously i didn't do it in the strict um orthodox way like there i i would climb stairs or rescue my ox but like <laughs> so
0: that when your donkey fell in the well yeah you i would it get it. it
1: who wouldn't absolutely who wouldn't yeah. do it i love i think jesus says if your son or your ox <laughs> His second Which example were practical is oxen. Concerns. That tells you how important oxen were. <laughs> yes. If your son
0: or your ox falls
1: in a well, right, who right.
0: here wouldn't get it? Ox meaning food, livelihood.
1: Yes, it's your job. Perhaps money. Yeah, right. It's like if a, right. a comedy club fell into a well. Like I have to get
0: that. And interesting, all of Jesus's critiques of the orthodox are about a bunch of unhelpful prohibitions that miss spirit. Yeah. It's always. Spirit. And
1: That's So people right. are like, what can I do well, you want or what can I about? can't do? Get that question out of here. Spirit. That's super important. Because what was he doing? I know you know this. Table fellowship. He's meeting with tax collectors and sinners. Richard Rohrer would point out that sinner didn't mean people who sin. Everybody sins. Sinners means people who don't have the means to go through the temple system to do it right. Outcasts, right. right. So everybody's a sinner. I always used to read that and be like, oh, the bad people, everybody's a bad person. He's having dinner with everybody? Yeah, he's (laughs) having dinner with, sinners, people who couldn't, didn't have the means to go through this honor, shame, society, they couldn't be made clean in the eyes of other people. Right. But then he would go to these dinners, he'd eat, women would, I'm stealing all of this from Richard Rohr, by the way, uh, Sermon on the Mount Buy it now It's a, it's a six part series It's incredible It's on iTunes She talks about uh, A woman comes in And washes his feet With her tears and stuff Richie, Richie Rohr is like How must that have looked A woman comes in And so, it looks like He's having sex With this woman You know yeah. what I mean yeah. He's having an affair With this woman It's like embarrassing And Jesus is like Open to all of this stuff And they call him A drunkard This is a nice Like uh, counterpoint To what I'm saying There's a way In spirit to be on a boat and jumping off and maybe ha- having wine or weed or whatever you're doing, there's a way to do it that's still not losing your frequency, not losing your connection. I would argue there might even be a way to do even weirder, worse things. I don't know. I'm not an expert, but there's a... I, what I mean is I'm not admonishing any activity. Because here's Jesus, they kept calling him a drunkard, because guess what? It's, They're missing it too. And this is a, this is
0: scandalous with political and economic implications. This is... Absolutely shocking.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: it's all somehow a a calling people to Sabbath, a rebuking of particular ideas about Sabbath rest. Yeah. Who's in?
1: Who's at yeah. the table? Who's not? So you and start. We're talking about Sabbath. It's perfect. You start. So I start taking a serious Sabbath. And we got an apartment near a park, near green space. Absolutely. And we did not. I had a bench that I could sit on, and I sat with christ you know what i'm saying yeah it was sun coming through the leaves no nobody's being still I, and that's a little pride there no, i'm I just gotcha. saying i was being still
0: yeah right and right. there
1: was a show going on that that's a feeling i would you right know, that's hard to get but you're sitting there and you're like this is just for me and it's unbelievable and you just be quiet in the park it's new york city but there's still these pockets and these little hidden benches that you can sit on and really dip in real deep and it would revive there's science behind this they say spend 15 minutes in a green area and your blood pressure like lowers to like healthy levels and i'm in a you know i love new york but it is you know move move oh, move, move 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 you have absolutely. no connection to anything green hi violet <laughs>
0: hey
1: hi ladies hello yeah hello. sure no you can
0: keep it yeah sure
1: my daughter and friend, very thoughtful. There we go. There they are. Oh okay. my god, they're still friends. Oh, I know. Look when at I them. see Violet with a friend that I've seen before, I'm like, they're maintaining the friendship. Oh, they're such buddies. They're
0: buddies. And there they are now. How oh, how cute is that? That's so. Fun. Okay, then you start going.
1: No podcast. Nature. To mon-
0: and Monday morning, when you go back to be executive producer, right, head of the writing room, actor.
1: Yeah. You're in a different space. Totally, I'm, and also, I, I think almost just on a physiological level, not drinking and not smoking pot anymore helped. I would mm. sleep. I, 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 my skin prickles when spiritual people talk about this stuff. I wish we were just, you know, <laughs> yeah. completely separate from that. Just on a physiological, thirty-nine-year-old level. Yeah. I slept better. Yeah. I was able to go to bed and sleep the whole night. And, not, and So I'm getting up refreshed, revitalized. I've had some nature. I didn't have to do anything on the weekends. And I went in and I, I told myself why. I was going to tape it to the door, but it turns out I didn't need to. We asked ourselves questions. You helped me with these. Why are you doing what you're doing? And it was like, I do this because it feels good I don't want to, be, I would tell, tell myself, I don't want to be on my deathbed and say I was given Pete Holmes and I didn't excavate everything I could find. Mm. I didn't share for solidarity, for unity, for other people. I tried to remember the people I do. they come up to me at Whole Foods and say, your show, my kids are musicians, but your show means so much to them because of the struggle of show business. And so when I would see the cameras, I didn't see a, a hand an in inch from my face. I saw a mom that I ran into at Whole Foods. I'd literally project the image of people laughing Mm. and being moved on the camera. So the cameras, it was an exercise. I said, when you see those cameras, like getting psyched for a game, you see that linebacker that's trying to get you, you're the quarterback or whatever, defensive line (laughs) that's trying to get you, Think of this. Think of an opportunity to be great or whatever. I would look at the cameras and go, they're not imposing. They're creating a stage right, for you right. to move and to share because I'm not going to come, I'm not going to check out of this incarnation not having gone in every room and unlocked every door and opened every window. In fact, inv- invited other people into those because that's art and that's beautiful and that's great. And then, most importantly, and we already touched on this, was. It's so it's so simple, but it I really it really got into my bones was the idea of be here now, which is funny. Uh, it's it's the Ramdas book, and it's so simple, but it, I would remind myself all the time, not just be there, but what does this moment have to tell me to teach me about the the eternal nature of the divine. You know, it, the the other thing I would say to myself constantly was. The nature, the fundamental nature of reality is not, or or God, or whatever you wanna say, is not contingent on my mood. I could be tired, I could be overworked, I could be stressed, it's not changing. It's always there. When you quiet yourself, you meditate, you you do this, you do that, whatever it is that that dips you in, you feel like you're going there. No, that's always there. You need to remember that it's not, Mm -hmm. I used to hear a verse like Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. I was like, he's always a great guy. You know what I mean? Like, he's a steady... You can count count on him. him. (laughs) You can count on him. He's the sort of friend you want to help move. You know what I mean? They're talking about Christ. They're talking about the itness. Yes, it's way more profound. Richard Rohr says Christ is what was born when the Big Bang banged. That's Christ. And it's always the same, and it's always there, and we muddy our own stuff.
0: We're coming and going
1: instead of being... It's us. Yeah. Exactly. So be here, but not just not thinking about the sake, or thinking when I finish the scene, or wondering how much more work, how many more hours we have to do. Just really seeing how present can I be, not to impress anybody, but to really be open to what I really believe is true, is that the next lesson, the next teaching is there. This is why Jesus is always like, for those with years to hear. The first time I read Be Here Now, I didn't understand it. Yeah, It, right. it, it made no sense right. to me. Right. Now I read it, I read it constantly. I put it on my phone. I read it all the time. And it, and it means more and more and more to me. And there's an, if you watch movies like, not just this movie, but I was watching Doctor Strange or something uh, on a plane, and there's this guy in a hood following him. He's walking around some ancient city looking for truth, and there's a guy in a hood tailing him, and he doesn't know. And I'm like, that's how truth works. We're out there going like, I'm going to make it happen. It's following you stop, stop, (laughs) surrender. And it's there. It shows up. You think it's going to be this other thing, but it's right Right. on your tail. Right. Kabir has that poem where he says, are you looking for me from God's perspective? I'm in the next seat. I'm in the next seat. My shoulder is against yours. This is it. So it's not... I know you know this, and I know your listeners know this. It's not church. It's not special spiritual time. This is what's called karma yoga. It's using your life to wake Absolutely. up. Absolutely. Using the events of your life. I'm frustrated that this scene isn't going well. What does this tell me? Can I sit back from this? Can I watch this drama of my personality right. unfold from a, a place of compassion? Yes. Illogical compassion? not analysis and going it's okay i'm working hard just compassion just completely
0: undeserved well i love that you said that because just when you came in the front door just whatever right before we started this you talked about on the show you have all these different personalities all these different ideas all these different possibilities for ways scenes can go which scenes to stay which scenes which new scenes need to be written on the spot yeah and you said instead of fighting these different yeah. ooh this person to John that's a bad idea ooh this you found yourself, because you were so much more present, Yeah, not resisting, but just almost like, well, let's see where that
1: goes. You're resisting, you're still trying to push what you think it should be on what is, <laughs> which yeah. is part of creating, I suppose. This sounds so counterintuitive, but I, what I told you, I think you're referring to, was I surrendered. Some of my friends were like, don't surrender too much. They thought it was sad. Most people hear oh, right. the word surrender, and they're like, oh, he's just going to lay over and die. Right. It was actually a much more active surrender, and Absolutely. it was a beautiful surrender. And it freed up so much energy. So let's say I had an idea for a scene, and then some uh, maybe Judd had some notes, and it changed the scene. And Judd and I have always seen Eye to Eye. And Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow. Uh, uh,
0: producer, writer, executive like. Uh, Creator, executive genius. Executive
1: genius of comedy. Of comedy. There we go. (laughs) I have no problem yielding to Judd. I never have. But even more, I was yielding to the whole show. And what I would tell Val was whatever it is, I'll be excellent in it. I'll find a way to dazzle in what it is instead of going in fists clenched to make it what I think it should be. So there was this sort of flow to it and i told you and this is straight out of the book be here now he was like that one of the paradoxes of spirituality that i'm sort of applying to here is the more i gave away the more power i gave away the more power i had it was so it makes no sense it's a paradox yeah i would give up so much and now when i look at this season i go this is uh the girlfriend how i pictured her this is the finale as i pictured it when oh, really I, when I pitched season one, this is how I was thinking season three would open. Like it was all sort of there, but it didn't come in through the clenching of teeth and the furrowing of brows. It can't, it's so much more like when I've watched you surf, I can't do it, but you know like it had more of a surfing feel and a oh, flowing. Isn't that interesting. Feel. From being it's, it seems so obvious. I kind of hate that be here now has become this trite maxim. Well, some when
0: things are become clichés for a reason. I don't there's some core gold nugget of truth that's right. that is people are responding to, however much it gets sort of dragged well, around. I'll yeah. tell
1: you love, the word love and I I'm, I'm thinking and working on this right now. Love no nobody's had worse PR than the word love. Yeah. I don't even think even people know what we're talking about <laughs> when we talk about love. Because I'm 39 and I'm just starting to understand it. Even though I've read other people explaining it, it doesn't think it's yeah. still not sinking in. And there's a loving place when I was talking about having irrational compassion for being tired or whatever and trying to be spacious. That's a word Ramdas uses a lot. Is can I be spacious in this? So it was actually instead of panicking which I don't know if that helps us when we're having a problem, you can actually, and it does feel like stepping back. You like step back into a loving, open space. And that's a very creative space. Absolutely. And isn't that what it feels? I know you know. Isn't that what it feels like? Your periphery sort of widens and and everything seems a little silly. You talked about the absurdity of your own work when you step back (laughs) from it. But that's what you lose. Season two, I didn't have any like, this is kind of funny.
0: Right, right. Yeah, like this. I'm gonna tell these stories about myself ten years ago, and they're yeah. gonna film it. And there's it's like this massive funny. budget, and there's somebody whose job is to dress like me and be yeah, my stunt. That's right. Like that's all ridiculous. But you if lose you start it all, taking and you're just it like, seriously, I gotta make it.
1: Yeah. And you start going. Yeah. And I'm on a
0: boat. Right, right. And that, you uh, even think about I being just a parent. Being on a boat. <laughs> we can do this unbelievably pleasurable act and make a human who, with yeah. no. Instruction manual we are then responsible for. yeah like you have to return to the absurdity of the premise of but making a baby. We were saying on a regular basis to be a to even have a shot at doing it well. That's
1: right. <laughs> Overwhelming thing. We were talking about it. It's like just be with it. Yes. be overwhelmed. Like we were kind of joking like how much how much people parents are scaring us trying to trying to scare Val and I Editor about... note Pete and Val baby coming baby coming very soon very soon 6 very weeks soon. 7 weeks 8 weeks I believe well September 19th it's almost Oh September percent.
0: oh okay well then we're well, only like whatever that is 20 days 21 20 days. days and the number of people who are like bringing you their
1: anxiety about this And I'm just like it, it, but it, in, a, in the stupidest way, the show is the hardest thing I've ever done, the most work I've ever done. So that's the most experience I've had with being overwhelmed. I know being, having a child is going to be different. But there's a certain sort of like, yeah, I'm overwhelmed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, ra- I quote Ram Dass constantly, but it's just like when you're feeling something, he, he uses boredom for an example. He's like, when you're bored, instead of trying to fix it, which is like a real plague. <laughs> it's like I know I'm in the, the entertainment business, but it's like this idea: like when we're hungry, we order Grubhub; when we're horny, we watch porn; when we're bored, we watch a movie. Hello. Come on in, Preston. Hey, buddy.
0: My son, Preston.
1: Come old. on I in. Know, bud. We're, we're just finishing up house. a podcast. How are you, man? Pete's back. Nice to see you.
0: The return of Pete Holmes. Okay, wait. Finish that thought.
1: We're just constantly meeting our needs instead of going. Again, what does my boredom have to tell me about yes. the fundamental nature right, right, of reality? Right. When you see that every experience, frustration, boredom, loneliness, uh, whatever it might be, like my depression in the second season, there's a lesson somewhere in it to right be, behind it. And to
0: be spacious is to give it room to breathe and so you can listen to it and talk to it and learn
1: from it, and then it'll tell you all sorts of things. Like the guy following you in Doctor Strange. It's actually... And when I I, I kind of recoil when I think about the idea of like everything's a lesson, everything's a teaching. What what I would say if anybody's prickling at that because I catch myself sort of prickling. It's just like don't take my word for it. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, and and don't, you don't even have to report to other people. You don't have to go on a podcast and tell people or how Or stress about it. Or stress about it. Yeah. You don't have to stress about it. Right, exactly. If it's true, it's true. And if it's not true, it's not. And it's, it's about you and your inner transformation. It yeah. has yeah. nothing about reporting back to me and joining a group that all agree that that's how it works. <laughs> you can quiet yourself <laughs> in a lot of exasperating moments and find something that goes far out. I'm really getting lost in anger right now. And somewhere behind yes. it is love watching, yes. going, oh, wow. Let's talk about that? Through that chair. <laughs> I've never thrown a chair.
0: Well, I... Uh, we could go on forever. I know the family's We'll probably hit in. stop, and then we'll probably just keep talking. But I'm so happy.
1: Did we cover everything you wanted to? Yeah, yeah, because I really... I loved... Because I was doing
0: these episodes on... Rest. Creation and rest, and... And I am knowing you were coming back in the conversations we've had. Like you went into something and then had this experience, and then we talked about it, and you went back with all these new ways to think about it. And when you were contacting me this summer, I was like, "Oh, this is exactly. This is just so beautiful. So I'm so happy. Yeah, that season." That the past, whatever three or four months you just had, was was so much better, and you came back so like refreshed and invigorated and full of life. That's just enjoyed
1: it because it wasn't Uh, wasted time. There's no wasted time, right? It's like. This isn't like, I wish I could get this done so I can no. start doing a spiritual thing or a learning we thing. We get it's like to do this. It's this is constantly it. constantly happening. Yes. It's the everything is spiritual idea. It's like oh, everything's a phenomenon. I love everything's it. a miracle. Everything's interesting. I'm so happy for you. But I want to get on the record that I'm so grateful that you, Val and I talk about this a lot. It's like, how do you... how do you know when to let someone just kind of, well, he's got to figure that out. And how do you know when to grab them and go, you need a Sabbath? (laughs) I like to think I'm the sort of person that likes to be grabbed and told, but I'm very grateful that you saw the window to be like, you should be Mm. not just enjoying this, you should be working with this. You should be engaged with this and find a way to have enough energy to be present through it because it's a special thing. So I'm very grateful to you for... Seeing the problem and helping me diagnose the problem.
0: Oh, my word. I'm in it with you. I've been
1: carrying you around in my heart for the past three months.
0: I know. And so to have you back is just wonderful, and that it went this way. Oh, my word. It's incredible. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the return
1: of Pete Holmes. (laughs) The return return. Isn't this my third time? Absolutely. Oh, yes. The return of the return, the return. Return. Oh, do listen to Sermon on the Mount by Richard Rohr. Yeah,
0: Richard Rohr's Sermon on the Mount. Unbelievable. Anything by Ram Dass, Experiments R-A-M-D-A-S-S. In D-A-S-S, Two Experiments in Truth. Or if you want to read, if you like reading Grist, Grist for, the mill, for the Mill. Or Polishing the Mirrors. You know what? Grist get... for the Mill is in the back of my truck. It's always there with really? surf wax on top of it. And... um like somehow it's uh, it's the only book that just goes around with me everywhere. I'll never
1: forget when we were on tour. I read it over and over. We would listen, and I would be listening. Yes, yes. and and I I kind of didn't know you as well as I do now, and I was like, I hope this isn't too far out or whatever, some stupid thought. And you would be like, This is no. I remember when we were on tour together.
0: Incredible. You would cue up something, and we would both lay in the green room on couches That's before it. we went on stage, and just listen to yeah. us. And then yes. they'd be like five minutes, and be okay. And That's then we would so go on.
1: Good. That was, I think, that was in Portland, which is where I'm taping my special.
0: When are you taping your special?
1: In two months. Ladies and gentlemen, this young comic, <laughs> Pete Holmes,
0: is just getting started. <laughs> and um, I have another idea of a project for you and I do together that I'm going to pitch you.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Because I have all my Once notes. your
0: special's done, your baby's born, your show is edited, and you finished your book then, like January, I have a thing for you and I do together. I'm going to tell you about it. It's going to be fantastic.
1: it would be great. You know what I'm going to do between those things and that? <laughs> what? What is it? Manure? Manuha? <laughs> Manure. <laughs> uh, I'm going to do be... some horse manuha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to rest.
0: Oh, my friends. This has been The Return of Pete Holmes. Grace and peace be with you.